Well, thank you for the welcome, John. It's good to be back with you guys. As John said, um, myself and Becky, I'm married to this beautiful lady, Becky, here. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads in the house as well. And uh, you know, dads, you are only the dad that you are because you've got a wife that's praying for you. Yeah? Amen? Do you believe that? Well, I'm, I'm only the dad that I am because my wife prays for me daily. She uh, is faithful in her prayer for me. Uh, if I do something wrong, she's also faithful in her prayer for me. <laughs> but uh, we're blessed very much with uh, three beautiful children, Jessica, Bethany and Isaac, who uh, John has already said. And we have the privilege of uh, leading alongside our senior pastors at church in Nottingham called New Horizon Church. And last time I was here, we told you uh, that we were in the middle of uh, a building project and I can bring you the joyful news that we have moved into our building. Uh, it's a 1.2 million pound uh, complex uh, which uh, does, uh, is serving the community and starting to serve the community in a great way. And we're really excited to see what God is going to do in our area. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for inviting me here today, guys. I, I, take, I count it as a privilege to open the Word of God. And uh, thank you to the leadership team, and thank you to John and Ruth. We're going to be uh, reading from uh, 1 Samuel 24, so if you've got your Bibles, um, it'll be good to get those out. I hope you have, because <laughs> we're in church, just to say. But my message title this morning is, Be Still and Know. Be Still and Know. Well, when David wrote those words, Be Still and Know, they were a message from God directly to David. And he wrote them in the Psalms, but he wrote them as, and we have to ask ourselves, why does David write these words, Be Still and Know? Well, God wanted him to know these words, but God also wants us to know these words and I don't know where you've come from today and how you have come into church what baggage you are carrying what situations you are dealing with but God wants you to know today that he is with you be still and know he is God amen yes you see God is in control of every single situation so whatever you've come into church with this morning, God has surrounded you with his love. He has surrounded you with his peace. He is protecting you. He is faithful. And he is the one who will be victorious in the situation that you are facing. As I was preparing this message today, I truly believe that it was a message for you as a church, but you as an individual as well. So I hope you're ready for the word of the Lord. Amen? So let me read from verse 1. It says, After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the de desert of um, Engedi. So Saul took 3,000 able men from, from all of Israel and set out to look for God and his men near the crags of the wild goats. How many of us know that the, when the enemy is pursuing us, he's going to send his very best out towards us? Yes? So whatever you're facing this morning, the enemy, the devil wants to send its very best against you, 
But the good news this morning is we have a God that is surrounding us with his peace, with his protection, with his angels. And God is for us much greater than the enemy can be against us. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to carry on reading here. And it says, as he, gets, as he comes to the sheep's pen along the way, he came into a cave. This is Saul. And Saul was there to relieve himself. I wondered how to explain this. Let me put it really simply. In the Hebrew, relieve himself means he's gone to the toilet. Okay? But it says this, David and his men were far back in the cave. And the Lord spoke, and, and, and David's men said to him, then David's men said to him, this is the day that the Lord spoke of, when he said to you, I will give you your enemy into your hands for you, for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut the corner of Saul's robe. We're going to pause there because I want you to picture something this morning. I want you to picture that Saul has entered the cave and all David's men are thinking this. This is our opportunity. This is our opportunity to take the enemy. This is our opportunity to rid us of the enemy, the battle that we face. But as we, as we read on in the scriptures later on, we have to ask ourselves, was this actually David's moment? Because no, it wasn't. And why? We'll ask some more questions later. You see, my first point this morning is this. That it's in our waiting that God brings the new. Let me say that again. It's in our waiting that God brings the new. Now, the context to this scripture is this. That David was... was um, um, David was told that he was going to be king. Yes? In chapter 16. He then goes to fight Goliath. He's not been crowned king. He, he beats Goliath. He then gets invited into Saul's courts. Saul gets extremely jealous because the people start shouting about David these words. Saul has killed his hundreds, but David has killed his thousands. Now you're bound to get a little bit upset about that, aren't you? So what happens is we start to see Saul get very angry, very jealous. And he chases him out. And he chases him out of, out of, out of uh, the, the palace. And David is on the run. And over time, David gathers a men. And we find him here in this cave right now. And what happens is David has a choice. David has a choice whether he attacks his enemy, who is Saul. Or he has a choice to listen to what God is telling him to do. You see, in our waiting, it's in our waiting that God will bring something new. It's in our waiting that God will bring something new. Now, I'm going to try my hardest not to um, offend in any shape or form, so please don't uh, take any offence. This is just an illustration. 
But guys, I don't know about you, sometimes I'll go f- clothes shopping with, with, uh, with Becky. And um, the wait is long. <laughs> the wait is long. I don't, know, I don't know about you, sometimes you can wait outside those dressing rooms and it seems like you've been there a lifetime. And I don't handle waiting very well. Do you? But I was in, I was in Primark the other day and they actually had this, this area that said the dad's waiting corner. The dad's waiting corner. And I looked over to it and there was this group of guys that were just sat there on their phones and they were just passing the time. They were passing the time. But they missed what was going off around them. You see, what we do in our waiting matters. See, when David wrote those words, be still and know, be still and know, it wasn't... When God said those words to David, be still and know, it wasn't God telling him, be still and do nothing. But God was telling him to know that he was God and in control of the situation. But what are you going to do in your waiting, David? What are you going to do in your waiting? And if we turn to Psalm 57, we read these words that David wrote in the cave. And we understand a little bit more about what he did in his waiting. I'm reading from verse 2. It says, I cry out to my God the Most High, to the God who vindicates me. In other versions, it says to the God who fulfills his purpose in me. You see, he sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hostly pursue me. God sends forth his love, his faithfulness, and I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth and spears and arrows, whose tongues are, sharp, whose tongues are sharper than swords. Be exalted, O God, God of the heaven. Let your glory be over the earth. They, spend, they spread their net for, for, the, for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug me a pit in my path, but, but, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O oh God, is steadfast. And this is where we start to see what we can do in the waiting. My heart, O oh God, is in the steadfast. I will sing and I will make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I awake in the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is the love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens and let your glory be over the earth. You see, what we do in our waiting matters. If we want to see a change in our situation, if you have come to church this morning and you are feeling under attack, you are feeling that the enemy is near, God wants you to know these words, that he can 
do anything that is far, which is far, um, my words are are gone from my mouth at the moment, so forgive me, which is far um, greater than anything you you can see or imagine. Yes? You see, God wants to lavish his love on you. But what we have to do is we have to turn to him. I love when God is in something. So I walk into church this morning and we start singing all these wonderful worship songs. And each, each, one of, each worship song this morning has talked about, I lift my eyes to the Lord. I lift my eyes to the Lord. I declare his goodness. You see, we sang words this morning about God being the lion and the lamb. That his power is greater than anything that we can imagine. So what we do in the waiting matters. You see, David was in a cave. We're in our man cave today. Yeah? The man cave is a comfortable place for a guy. It's a place where we can hang out. And David found safety in this cave. But he found restoration and a place to dwell in, in God, in that cave. And this morning, you can find a place to rest in the arms of God. You see, your breakthrough this morning isn't something that will just come through like that, necessarily. It can come like that, but sometimes God has us in that waiting place. It can be very frustrating. Some of us don't like that word, waiting. I know it's a tough message this morning. Please, guys, I'm not somebody who has not had to deal with the waiting before. Can I tell you, Myself and Becky, we, we heard the call of God many, many years ago, but we had to wait on God to see that come to fruition. We have, we, we have, had, we have had God tell us uh, that we, we, are, we were to move a house. Uh, two years ago, we told, God told us that we were to move house, and we were sat in a house that God had given us, And we had to wait. It was frustrating. But all we could do was glorify God. All we could do was thank God. You see, it's in your waiting. It's in your waiting that you realize what God has given you. It's in your waiting that you realize what God has placed in your life already. You see, you have got lots to be thankful for today, church. Yes? God has given you this wonderful building. Yes, it's a place to meet, and we thank God for it, don't we? We thank God for it. God has given you good pastors. God has given you good leaders, and we thank God for that, don't we? Yes? God has given you a house to live in. God has given you breath this morning, and we thank the Lord for all of those things. You see, in our waiting, we have to remember the goodness of God. We have to remember the faithfulness of God. Brett, it is Brett, isn't it, that plays the keys? 
Right, as you were playing, I just really felt God say that you are a faithful, faithful servant, sir. I want to encourage you. You have been here for, for many, many years. But God wants you to know that he sees your faithfulness. He sees your faithfulness, and, he, and I'm publicly honoring it. Because God wants you to know that you have been faithful in all that you have done. Sometimes it's been hard. Sometimes you've not wanted to come. But God sees your faithfulness. And because you've had the right heart, because you've glorified him, he will continue to honor you and give you blessing. Amen? You see, let's just carry on reading here. It says in verse 5, 1 Samuel 24, Afterward, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay a hand on him, for he is anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And he left the cave and went his way. You see, there's no cutting corners. Boom, boom. I'm getting my dad jokes out. <laughs> there's no cutting corners. When it, when, it comes, when it comes to seeing our breakthrough, there is no cutting corners, guys. Sometimes we want to do it in our own strength, don't we? We're only human. We're only human. We want to make it happen. We want to see it happen. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes what we have to do is we have to wait on the Lord. We have to see what he has, has done. You see, David here in this scripture, he had been anointed to be king. He had been anointed to be king, but it wasn't his job to kill the king. It wasn't his job to get rid of the king. The Lord had anointed him. The Lord had placed him in charge. I'm talking about Saul here. But David was not commissioned. He was not told to kill Saul. And it's not until later on that we see David's life unveil and come to pass and he becomes the king. But here's the thing, you know in your waiting, it's where God is shaping you. It's where he's molding you. It's where he's growing you for this next season. I don't know what your situations are today and what God is doing in the life of this church, but God is shaping this church for a future, for a great future. Your worship this morning was exceptional, guys. Let's give the worship team a round of applause. Come on. You know, some churches, they don't have any worship team. But your worship team were here this morning and they've worked hard to enter you into the presence of God, to help you meet and seek God. And we, we honour that. We honour that. You see, there's no cutting corners. I love a fast, 
fast track. And Becky, Becky knows if ever we have flat pack in our house, typical guy. I have a look at the instructions. I say, no, 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 they're, they're called the destructions. I can do this. There's a picture there. I can visualize it. I will get it sorted. It is going to look just like this. Two hours later, we're still in the same place. My pig-headedness has not helped me. And I get the instructions out, and I have to take it all apart and have to get it back to the same place. Any other guys out there like that? <laughs> the wives are going, yeah, I'm sat next to one. <laughs> but listen, there's no cutting corners in the kingdom of God. Because God's timing is perfect. For David, God's timing was perfect. What I love about David and the life of David is this, is that each, each season David took, each situation shaped him for the future. You see, David was a shepherd boy. He started off tending the sheep, yeah? If he didn't do the tending the sheep well, how could he tend the people of God well, yeah? If David didn't fight off bears and lions, how could he fight the battles and be the warrior that he was called to be? Yeah? If David didn't face persecution from the man who he loved, who was dear to him, who was the king that he would inherit of, if he didn't honour him, would David have been the king that he would have needed to be? You see, I, I don't think David would have been the king. You see, if, if David had killed Saul then, I don't think David would have been a good king. I think life would have taken him down another path. And cutting corners would have taken him, he would have got him to be king because the people knew that he was to be king. But it would have led him down a, a path that was not of God. So sometimes, can I just speak into your situations this morning? Whatever you're facing, honour. Honour the difficulty. Give God thanks for the difficulty. I know that's hard. You know what? Whatever you're facing, whatever hardship you're facing this morning, give it to God. Give it to the Lord. Because God is the weight carrier. God is the God who takes weight off us. He takes burdens. He lifts burdens. He gives, us the, he gives us the peace that we need. And when we focus on God, our outlook seems a little bit different. Anybody else experience that? I remember, I remember uh, myself and Becky going through a, a time of, of real hardship. Real, real, one of the toughest times that we've ever faced in our, in our lives. It felt like we had one thing after another go wrong. It felt like there was battle after battle after battle after battle. And you know when you get to the point and you say, I'm just going to give up now. I've had enough. I'm not going to do it anymore. God, what on earth are you doing in my life right now? I cannot do it anymore. Well, that's the moment, okay? 
that's the moment where you have a decision to make. Am I going to turn to God or am I going to run away from God? Because every situation, God wants to turn into goodness. And let me tell you, we are who we are because of the situations that we faced. David is who he is because of the situations he faced. So there's no corners to cut. David couldn't cut any corners. Let me just continue in verse 8 in, in 1 Samuel 24. It says this. Then David went out of the cave and he called to Samuel, My lord, the king, when, when Saul looked up behind him, David bowed down and protested himself, himself with his face to the ground. He said to Saul, why do, you, why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord has delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, to the, I, said I will not lay a hand on, the, Lord, on my, the hands of my Lord, because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father looked... See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of the robe, but did, did not kill you. See, there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I am guilty of wrong, wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you, you are hunting me down like and to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me, and the Lord avenge what that is that is wrong, and the wrongs that I have done to you. Sorry, I'm losing my. Yeah, may the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done. The old the old sayings goes. For evil doers come evil evil for evil doers come evil deeds. So my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Who are you punishing? A dead dog, a flea. May the Lord be your judge, and decide between us. May He consider my cause and uphold it. May may He vindicate me by delivering me from the hand. When David finishes, finished saying this, Saul asked him, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have, not treat, I, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, he does not let him get away unharmed. May the Lord reward you. May the Lord reward you well for the way that you have treated me. I know that you will surely be the king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill my descendants or wipe out the name of my father's family. So David gave his oath 
to Saul. And then Saul returned home. But David and his men went up to the stronghold. My final point is this. That in the crushing, there's new wine. Let me explain that. The Bible talks about you cannot put new wine into old wineskins. But to get new wine, you have to crush the wine, the grapes, to get the wine. You have to crush the grapes to get the goodness out of what is coming. You have to crush the grapes and leave behind the bad so that the new can come forth. In this moment, David is in front of Saul. He's faced some crushing. He's faced some battles. He's faced attack after attack. But in one moment, Saul's eyes are opened to what David had done. That David had Saul in his hands. That David had his enemy in his hand. But he chose not to touch the Lord's anointed. And what happened was this. And here's the new wine. It says that Saul said, Surely you will take the the kingdom of Israel into the kingdom of God. See, the battles you face today as a church, the battles that you face today as individuals, the crushings that you have experienced in life, God is going to bring new wine. God is going to bring a new wine, a new... And I'm talking spiritually here, guys. I hope I can do that. But there's going to be a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit in this house. There's going to be a fresh pouring of the Holy Spirit into your life. And this morning, as I give you the image of the grape, and new wine is crushed out, See, nowadays we have what's called a wine press, don't we? And the grapes are are pressed down. But in those days, it was sandals off, feet in, and stamping on the ground. Sometimes life can feel like that. Sometimes life can feel like all that's happening is crushing after crushing. I explained season from mine and Rebecca's life. Sometimes it can feel like you're facing battle after battle. Sometimes it can feel like nothing is going right. But it's in those seasons, you see, remember those words, be still and know I am God. God is in control. God has not lost control. It's in those times that God is shaping, he is molding, he is bringing new wine. He is bringing a fresh anointing of the goodness of God that is going to pour and flow out of your lives. I just want to close by praying. And I want to invite you that if the scripture has spoken to you, if the word has spoken to you this morning, 
if there's a situation you're facing this morning, why not stand? Why not stand together? And if that's you, let's, let's just close our eyes for a second so we're not, we're not embarrassed. <laughs> but if that's you, why not stand? And let's just call upon the name of the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the fathers in the house today as well, Lord God. We think of those that have not got their fathers here anymore, Lord God, but we just say, Lord, be there, Heavenly Father, in every shape of the way, and earthly Father as well, Lord God. May they feel your presence here in this place. Lord, we just pray for those that are facing battles today, those that are in the, the cave. We pray, Lord God, and we pray for your power in every situation, Lord God. We pray for new wine to come out of the crushing, Lord God. We pray for new wine to flow in this house. We pray, Lord Jesus, that there will be more of your power and your spirit flow out of this house, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will place a fire in this house greater than ever before, Lord God. Lord God, we are excited to see what you are going to want to do in this church, but we're also excited to see what you want to do in people's lives. And Lord God, those that are facing battles today, Lord God, we speak love, mercy, faithfulness, and your power into every situation, Lord God. We speak breakthrough, and we pray for peace, Lord God. For those that need to still wait, we pray, Lord God, that they will call upon your name, that they will glorify you, that there will be reverence in this house, and glory to your name. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen.